Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, Tom and Ed. What's going on, guys? What's up, players? What you up to? What's up, guys? Ed, I'm sorry to say, but you missed out on a great Carl Thomas episode last week. Well, I heard that you two held it down. The podcast didn't get shut down. We didn't get sued by Carl or Bad Boy or whoever's handling his affairs these days. So... Good job for now. But I'm back to make sure that the things don't go off the rails because we've got another important guest in the house today, Paul. Listen, man, I, I just at least hope churches gave you some free chicken. And uh, that was was better than the Carl Thomas <laughs> Well, podcast, first of so. all, if we're going to do chicken, can we at least do something better than freaking churches? They don't. I, do they even put seasoning on their chicken? It just tastes <laughs> like fried. Like there's Listen, no flavor, man. just fried. I once had Bojangles, and it was slimy, I'll tell you. You had slimy Bojangles? Yeah, Bojangles. Are you sure you Kyle, had actual Bojangles? Kyle, do you know what that is? I have no idea what you're talking about. First of all, they gave me all dark meat. I mean, who does that? You gotta ask. If you ask, you get light or dark. They ask you when you get it. Where did you go to um, this Bojangles? Probably some shady Bojangles. It was actually some back in the alley airport. Of New York. It was in an airport. Well, well, in there you go. You're eating <laughs> airport Bojangles. That's your problem. Mm. Um, so, guys, we got a lot of new music to talk about, but we also have a special guest coming. Tom, can you give me your best Darnell Jones in a southern accent? We got Darnell Jones coming on the podcast. <laughs> Ed, how was that? Ed? Ugh. Bad enough for me to lay hands on you the next time I see you. And the thing is, I got to apologize to Marlene because I don't want to leave her to be a single mother after I grab you by the neck. Good. This is not WrestleMania. This is an R&B podcast. It's a family. It's it's a Royal Rumble every time you get the three of us up here. So I don't know why you shocked. Uh, But hey, Donnell's coming on the podcast. One of the highly requested uh, guests. Probably the most uh, requested uh, probably just yep. because we talk about his name like every podcast, but he's going to be joining us. But until then, guys, we have some new music to go through. Are you guys ready? Sure. I'm ready. So due to Ed's uh, absence for most of last week's podcast, we have a lot to catch up on. So hopefully you guys did your homework. Um, Ed, you uh, reviewed NDRE's album, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. And again, it's been out a couple weeks now, so I hope people have been able to catch up with it. I think it's pretty strong. Just a point of clarity, just you know, just to keep everything transparent here. I have been hot and cold on India over the years, and not because of her talent, because she's definitely talented. But a lot of her music just while she has great songs, sometimes making it through the album can be a chore because it can be a little too moody and a little too mellow for me. But this new album really doesn't hit those lows like that. There are a couple lows, but for the most part, it's really strong, really upbeat, and most of the, the notes that she hits, I'm talking about um, metaphorically speaking, not actual notes, even though she hits those well too. But most of the themes that she talks about in her music going way back to 2002, when it comes back to identity and womanhood and being proud of where you come from, a lot of those themes resonate, and we see a lot of artists trying to get into that social justice space right now she's already been in it so this album fits right into that it's very timely got some pretty strong songs on it too and i think it's worth a listen 
probably my favorite R&B record of the early year so far. I did have a nice, chance to nice. listen to it also, and I'll just say real quick, because my wife is a big fan, um, she's not trapping on the album. I feel like Thank you have to God. say that. Yeah, I feel like yes, you have you to do. say that these days. <laughs> you do. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with NDRE, Shaka Khan put out an album, so go check that out. And Kalani dropped a mixtape featuring your boy, Tom, Music Soul Child. And I listened to the mixtape, and it's actually a pretty solid mixtape. I know a lot of her fans are excited about it while we wait. Um, very reminiscent of some of that early Kalani stuff, so shout outs to Kalani. Yeah, I haven't heard that one yet. I'll be checking it out soon. Kalani is another one of those artists that I've talked about before that I like, but I don't love. And I feel like I should love, but there's, eh, it's like I haven't gotten over that hump yet. So maybe this mixtape will do it for me. We'll see. One of our readers chimed in about the mixtape and said, "Is her? why are her mixtapes better than her albums? And I, I can't, I, I'm sorry, the name escapes me right now who made that comment, but I almost feel like she has more freedom and creativity on the mixtapes. Maybe that's why, but, you know, it's a solid project, like you said, Kyle. Yeah. Um, and then along with that, a couple of new records that came out. We missed out on this one last week, Tom, but uh, Sierra dropped a new record, Greatest Love. Uh, I know a lot of people love this song. I'm not, you know, I like it, but I don't love it. I'm not sure what the hype is about. But let me tell you, the music video, that's where the hype's at. She looks good. Oh, my God. Calm down. <laughs> why is she looking at married women, Ed? Come on, man. This is please. This is we're, we're all listen. We are all in relationships, but we can all admire beauty when we see it. However, <laughs> I'm bitter and old and been married longer than y'all, so I can be grouchier. But um, I I'm kind of like Kyle. There's been a lot of hype around this song. A lot of people really like it. I don't know if it's the delivery of her lyrics. It's something about it that's just not connecting with me. I like the production a lot. The production's good. I think maybe it's the rap style delivery that's all the rage these days. It's kind of throwing me off a little bit. No. Um, We got another record out, Tom. You're going to have to take the lead on this one. Lipstick Gypsy. You were going nuts about this song. What's this song about? I shared this with Ed. I shared this with both of you guys. It was required listening for this podcast because we don't get quality music so often. So I'm like, when you hear a song like that, you gotta, you gotta hear it. So, Lipstick Gypsy, if you guys don't remember, they we featured them a few years ago in our countdown. The song "Infatuated," uh, "Infatuation," I'm sorry. And then recently, last year, we had them on our countdown too. Top songs of the year. Mm-hmm. They've been uh, they were signed to Salam Remy and uh, Epic Records, but they're independent now. Justin Timberlake is working with them on their music. So, um, this song is is dope and. You know, I heard it immediately. I was like, these guys got to hear this. So, Ed, you liked it too, right? Player, I loved it. I loved it. And um, I was telling Tom, I was like, when my wife hears this, she's going to be obsessed with it. I kid you not, Player. While we were preparing for this podcast, what did I hear in the background coming out of my wife's office? This song. So, yes, I think it's really good. Lipstick Gypsy is... um, this is a group that we don't really talk about a lot on the podcast. This may have been the first time, but their music has been pretty ever-present. Every time they drop a song, it winds up on one of our countdowns every year. So hopefully this is the year they're able to break through and to reach a new audience because they've got a ton of talent. And as you said, backed by JT, I think that they have the right people in their corner. So this one well, is a keeper. 
check it out. I hate to I hate to go on a tangent, guys, but I just happened to stumble upon that song by accident. So, and just imagine if you didn't tell your wife about it, she wouldn't have known about it, and she loves it. So, it's like that's where we're at with music these days. You got to almost stumble upon things by accident to find it, and that, it's just frustrating. But luckily, we found this one and we can share it. But man, it's a different time for R and B right now. Play it really is dawn on the days when stuff would debut at eight o'clock on the countdown at night and then it's like <laughs> oh and then it's got a video drop and now you just gotta stumble across it on twitter like a lego in yep. the dark in the living room <laughs> a lego <laughs> <laughs> well not to get on my dj soul child but i'm going to this song first and foremost is an instant classic and what for anyone that you doesn't, said that oh my for goodness. anyone that doesn't know this song we consider them lazy and there's good R&B out there. They just have to look for it. That's my best, <laughs> that's my best DJ Soul Child impersonation right there. Can I impersonate him real quick? Real R&B isn't back. It never left. There you go. <laughs> and if, if you didn't know that, you're an idiot. Well, I this mean, he's not wrong, but I can't wait until Soul Child eats y'all up for this. I'm going to get my popcorn and love it. Uh, well, when Soul Child comes... That'll be When I'm Gone, which is ironically the same title that uh, Brian McKnight has on his new song, Ooh. When I'm Gone. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Look wow. at that segue. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, funny enough, as we're talking about this, I just received a DM, and this is how exclusive this podcast is. I just received a DM from Tim Kelly from Tim and Bob who produced this song, and he just said, guys, thank you so much for the write-up. We got to get another interview going. Let me know when... You want me to join the podcast. So I guess Tim wow. Kelly just invited himself to the podcast. Wow. Man, listen, Soulback is taking over. I mean, we might not have to worry about video soul countdowns and debuting on random radio stations. We might be debuting stuff on Soulback. Look at it. Popping, player. Popping. That's dope, wow. man. But, but guys, this song right here, I actually really like this song. I'm not sure what it is about this song, but it, it's kind of dope. And his, his previous single, 42 Grown and Tipsy... I'm not sure what the 42 stands for yet. I know 23 is Jaquise's age, uh, no. hence the song 23. But what's 42? And 42 was, gone, was like a, a type of um, it's like a bottle of wine, I think, or something. Some some branding. I don't. It's not like oh, his okay. age. Brian McKnight is older than that. Oh, so you know. Brian McKnight no. ain't no 42 player. I'm sorry to tell you, but um, <laughs> of course Tom would know 52. All right. Uh huh. Tom, when it comes to liquor, Tom is a, the resident expert. So if he says oh it's some goodness. alcohol, of course it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, did anyone actually listen to the song besides me? Yeah, I, of course. You forced me to listen to it multiple times. It's actually really <laughs> oh good. God. No, I, I say that in a nice way. Just because there's so m- When Kyle said, I really like this song, I had to hear it again multiple times. I didn't mean that in a bad way. But Brian McKnight, we, he's one of our favorite artists, especially on the site. It's a typical Brian McKnight ballad, but like on another level. Like it's catchy, and that's what I really liked about it. Yep, and there you have it. Um, I got a couple other records that came out. We won't have time to talk about it, unfortunately, today. But uh, Kiki Y dropped a new song, "All the Way In." Adrian Marcel, "Slow Burn," and "The Dream." He has a new artist out. Tom, what's the new artist name? Brianne Jane, is it? Janae. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, oh, okay. Bria Janae, I think, is the artist, but she's impressive. That was pretty, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I, I yep. thought that song was pretty impressive as well. 
Yep, the song is called Backbone. It kind of reminds me of like Tamar Braxton. So it will be interesting to see what she has coming up. And hopefully, um, if she c- continues to drop some heat, we'll have her on. Uh, well, we won't have her on the podcast. I don't think we'll do that yet. But uh, we'll be able to talk about her some more. And then, Tom, the bonfire. This record is blowing up on Urban AC. It's very interesting. Um, we're tracking that. It's in the top five at Urban AC. And really, no one's even talking about this artist. And. We featured them when the song came out. It's a protege of Raphael Sadiq and uh, I believe signed to L.A. Reid at his um, label. It, I mean, when you see songs like that blow up, you, you kind of wonder what's going on. But, you know, have you guys heard the song? What do you guys think about it? It's weird. I mean, when I say it's weird, I'm not saying the song is weird. But the momentum that the song has is just kind of weird to me it's just surprising well i think it's um I, I really think it's just the radio budget right now they're pushing it at radio which is the old school way of doing things right you force it at radio put money behind it and then hope people catch on and start getting on the movement so you know a lot of days younger artists they start start their their movement organically um online build their presence then eventually get to radio but this is like the opposite so I'm sure L.A. Reid is behind that. He obviously has money, so that's what we're obviously. seeing right now, I believe. Yeah. It's just, it reminds me of the LMA phenomenon from last year where it just was like, hey, I remember this old song, and then it's like, boom, and it just blows up. Because that Bonfire EP was last year? Something yeah. like that. Like, it, it was, yeah. I definitely remember listening to it as I was doing my album of the year round. So it's just odd how things just, not to no pun intended, but catch fire well after the fact. Hmm. Yep. And uh, just for some insider news, uh, Avant and Jagged Edge are both set to drop new songs. Actually, Avant's song, if you try to look for it, it's probably on the internet, but he hasn't officially released it to streaming sites, and Jagged Edge will be dropping a new song. And Tom, you posted the news about this Jagged Edge song, and everyone wrote, I hope it's better than the last album. Was the last <laughs> album really that bad? I want to hear Ed speak about Layover, the last album, man. Could you chime in on that one? Because this is a... Um, we don't like to diss anyone on You Know I Got Soul. Ed, I want to hear you. Soulandcero.com, E.T. Bowser on Twitter. Yes, I have no problem dissing you. Look, I mean, and we, I love J.E. J.E. has been on the podcast before. Like, uh, like I love J.E. However... I don't know what was going on with that Layover album. And it's weird because there are a lot of fans. I remember when I didn't even review it because it was just that disheartening. I could not review it, which has only happened one other time when I was trying to review a Casey and JoJo album. I was like, I just ain't doing this. So, Casey and JoJo, wow. (laughs) Their most recent one. So, no. Wow. It was, I mean, it was a couple years ago. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some fans that really, really like this album. I'm like, Claire, what are y'all listening to? It sounds really rushed. It's really auto-tuned. It feels like something that just got slapped together one night after the club. And it just it's <laughs> not lives up to the legacy, especially when they had just dropped J.E. Heartbreak 2 not too long after that. That really recaptured the vibe of their glory years and felt like a cohesive, well-thought-out piece. And not just a slapdash record. I won't feel in that one at all. And if you got beef, E.T. Bowser on Twitter is where you get at me. Well, I'll just chime in with some of the fans' comments. Just 
briefly, don't use auto-tune if you don't need it, and don't use, don't call women the B-word. I mean, come on, you don't, <laughs> it's 2019, you're R&B singers, why? I ain't heard a lie yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to have Donnell on the podcast now, so grab your popcorn, because Donnell is coming through. All right, guys, like I said, every week we try to bring in a special guest, someone that's brought soul back. And guys, this artist is probably the most in-demand artist we've had. One of those people that everyone's like, when are you going to get him on this podcast? When are you going to get him on it? So, Tom, who is our special guest for the week? I'm really excited to introduce our guest this week. Uh, You know, one of the best singers, songwriters, you know, coming out of the 90s R&B era has continued to do that today, you know, touring, making new music has so many hits, so many timeless songs that we still listen to and appreciate today. I'm so glad to welcome Donnell Jones to the podcast today. What's up, Donnell? What's up? What's up, man? Thanks for joining us, man. And I'm going to, I'm going to hit you right off the bat. You know, a lot of people, we've, we've seen a lot of people mispronouncing your name, man. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if you've seen this. People are calling you Darnell Jones. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that a lot, man. They call me What's Darnell. up? What's up? Darnell Jones. What? Donald Jones, they spell it two ends. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, uh, years now, I've gotten used to it, man. We, we chalked up the um, spell check. So, I mean, because <laughs> everyone knows Donald Jones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Donald, I just wanted to talk about that impact that you have had on R&B over many, many years. Now, Ed, can you just give us some insight into Donald's impact to the fans? No question. I mean, a lot of times we kind of think of Donnell's influence starting in 99 with uh, Where I Want to Be, but you can take it back even further to 96 with that debut when he hit us with that Knocks Me Off My Feet cover. And from there, we just continue to have hit after hit after hit. One thing that Donnell has always brought to the game, though, is strong, strong songwriting. And, of course, you can go no further than Where I Want to Be, where he spoke to a lot of brothers from their point of view on that one. So, Donnell, tell us a little bit about how important it is for sturdy, strong, heartfelt songwriting, and if that's a lost art today. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest with you, man, most of my songs and, and the way I write songs is, is purely from personal experiences, you know, things that I've been through, or maybe I'm sitting with a friend and he may tell me something that's going on in his life and it may spark a song. Um, but I always believe that when you speak the truth, uh, it resonates with people uh, a little bit more than, you know, something that's made up. Right. And we we just had Carl Thomas on last week, and we were talking to him about his song, I Wish, and how you never heard of, a, you know, lyrics like that. And, like, you, you had similar songs where people don't touch on those topics nowadays. So that's why, you know, the music you left us with and gave us in the 90s was so impactful, and we just really still always want to hear that today. I appreciate that, man. Like I said, man. Um, um, uh, for instance, like that that song where I want to be. That was that was, I was living that those lyrics at the time that I wrote that song. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people loved it because uh, it was my actual truth, word for word. It was something I was really going through, and uh, and, and instead of having that conversation with the young lady that I was with, uh, I just got it out in song, and um, and and I think that's why it really resonated with a lot of people because you know us as men we tend not to say exactly how we feel. And uh, and I think a lot of brothers really appreciated that record because it, it kind of spoke for them. You know what's interesting, man? I'm I'm out here in New York City, and 
I used to hear people driving by windows open, blasting where I want to be, you know, songs like that, vulnerability. You don't hear that nowadays, blasting that R&B that shows that type of side of thing. So, man, what do you even remember about that era and what it was like having a hit like that and just being, having, you know, that type of music out? I mean, I, I, lo- I love the 90s era because, you know, you had people like myself, Maxwell, Joe, uh, it's, it's so many, man. Uh, um, but we all had different styles. Uh, Eric Benet, uh Brian McKnight, everybody had different styles of R&B, and, and we, nobody was really trying to be like each other, and it, it was just a beautiful time in music. Uh, and I don't know if we'll ever get there again, but I really, you know, my thing is I don't really knock the younger guys for what they do because when we first came into the game, you know, it was like hip hop and R and B. We sung over a lot of, um, a lot of uh, hip hop tracks, and we also sampled a lot of records. And you know, the older generation kind of didn't like that. So I never wanted to be one of those guys that that looked down on the, on this younger generation and and, and kind of knock what they're doing, you know, because you know we went through that too. So um, I just really love the '90s music, man, because. It was just something like it, it really touched the hearts of people. We were really singing about love, and mm-hmm. uh, and you really don't have that today. But I'm I'm sure we'll get back to it. Absolutely. And I got to ask you, you know, bringing things up to date. You were in the news recently. You did a show out in London with with our our good friend John B. and uh, talked about having a collaboration together. You know, we shared that that information with our fans and our our readers. Man, that was probably one of the most uh, viewed articles we had in a long time because people are so excited about that. Talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah, man. John hit me up, man, um, um, some months ago, and he he was like, "Yo, well, after right after the Soul Train Awards, uh, actually, he hit me up before the Soul Train Awards about uh, doing a record together, and uh, um, I was really interested in it, man. And it just seemed like it just seemed like this is something that we're supposed to do because right after he asked me that, then the Soul Train Awards hit us up and, and wanted us to do a segment together. It was. It just seemed like everything was was. It's meant for this record to happen, because everything that that we were doing was kind of like together. So, um, uh, it's it's a beautiful record, man. John wrote it. It's gonna be his, his first single. It's called uh, "Understand," and uh, like I said again, it's it's beautifully written. Uh, we're about to shoot the video uh, sometime next mm. month, and uh, I can't wait for people people to hear it, man, because it's it's uh it's exactly what we're missing in R&B today. It's, the lyrics are very strong. It's not about sex. It's about true love. It's about, you know, uh, proving to your woman that, that uh, I made some mistakes in the past, but I want you to understand that, you know, I'm a different man now. You know, I want to show you uh, that I can be the guy that you always thought I could be. And I think that's very important for us to, to speak like that to women and treat women right these days because, um, you know, they, they've been here for us, man, you know, and, and, uh, and they deserve more than what we've been giving them in the past. That's amazing, man. We can't wait to hear that. Ed, that sounds like the type of R&B you want, right? Man, that's the type of r and B. I'm loving this convo, man. And I want to go back a little bit to something that Donnell touched on that I do think is missing in music today when he mentioned the different artists of his era. Like a Donnell song didn't sound anything like a Joe song, didn't sound anything like a Maxwell song. Like every artist, had his or her own individuality. And having that, even when you have a coming together of two artists, when you got a John B. On a, or a Don L. on the same record doing the same song, there's still a distinction between mm-hmm. the two sounds. Tom, Don L., tell us a little bit about 
the process of going in there when you're doing a duet with an established artist like a John B and how you're still able to do Donnell without being absorbed in John B. Because in some art, and again, don't want to hit on too much of the younger artists today, but so much of the music we hear, no matter who it is, rap or R&B, it just sounds so similar across the board. But having that distinct, not only vocals, not only presence on the record, I think is being lost. So is there an art to that? I mean, like I said, when, when John sent me the record, uh, of course, you know, he said to me, and he was singing the, uh, I, I sing the first verse and he sings the uh, the second verse. So I mean, quite naturally, I heard him singing it so I can get the uh, the gist of how the song goes. But when we sat down and discussed it, he was like, yo, man, don't, you know, just listen to the words, but take this record, man, and make this you. And that's exactly what I right. did. I, I didn't, you know, like the way he was singing it, I sang it totally different because, you know, I'm coming from a different space. The words he was saying was, I really connected with it because, it was it's, it's how I'm feeling today. So, I mean, I had a strong connection with it, and I made it my own. And when he got it back, he was like, yo, dude, like, like this record almost sounds like your record, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I, I put my all into it, and I, I gave it what, what I would do. And then when you would hear his verse, you'd be like, wow, he did the same thing. But, it's, you know, this is his record anyway, but it's like, it's like two guys singing from two different perspectives, but it's on one song. That, and that's, that makes it really special. Mm, absolutely. So, Darnell, we got to go through your discography. And what I want to do, guys, Tom and Ed, you guys can go after me, but Darnell, I'm going to name a record of yours. And this record in particular I want to ask about because I need to know how long it took for you to put this song together because the song I want you to know, it's not even uh-huh. about, you know, vocally or lyrically. It's just the vibe that song that song brings with the with the mm-hmm. harmonies and how that all came together. So how long did that song take? And just tell me about that song a little bit, because that song's amazing. I, I, I remember uh, quite vividly how I wrote that song. I was I was living in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey at the time, and um, my mom and, and, and my sister and everybody was down in the basement with me while, while I was making music, and I just had to ask everybody to leave out the studio. I just wanted to, like, really, really focus on these lyrics. And it probably took me about... Um, about a day or so to, to, to make the record. But it was something about that record that just, it, what I was trying to go for was it had a Michael Jackson type of feel and it had an Ivy Brothers type of feel as well. And the lyrics were just, it was just something that came to me, man. Like I really can't explain how I came up with it. And and that's, that goes for all of my songs. I don't really know how I come up with it. It just comes to me. I just feel like I'm an antenna. And the signal just comes in, and I, I just write whatever is, is is on my heart at that time. So um, it, it would be kind of hard to explain how I did it, but but uh, it just felt good when I was doing it, and and that's one of my favorite. I think that's probably my favorite record of all time that I that I've done. Wow! Wow! Oh, really? <laughs> mine, mine too, actually. Um, Ed, what do you? What song do you have for Donnell? Um, I got to go back to 99, and I got to go back to the space I was in. And I got to hear the story behind this one, Donnell, because I know you got a story. Shorty got her eyes on me. So, look, (laughs) I'm a little older than these other two brothers. So, 99, (laughs) this is around the time I was doing the club thing. I'm married now. I'm chill. But, you know, you walking through the club, this song going through my head as I'm seeing whoever's looking my way. So, Tell us if that was a story behind that, if that was experience, if that's one of your boys telling you what happened the other night. 
because you had my whole crew singing that hook. Actually, man, that was a song written by um, by me and uh, Eric Williams, uh, formerly of uh, Black Street. Yes, and, uh, my boy. We got in the in the studio, man. I mean, we came up with the track, uh, and we were just sitting down, like, "Yo, man, like." Cause it, it it's really real. Like at, at about two or three o'clock in the morning in the club, you're like, "Yo, I'm I'm ready to get out of here with something." You know what I'm saying? And you know, the one you want is you know she's kind of playing like shy, but it's the other one over here that's like she ready. So I mean, like it's like, "Hey, what you gonna do?" Cause I'm ready to get out of here. And and that's the life we lived back in the '90s. You know, we were young, having fun, and uh, it was about just having a great time, man. And and you know, when you're young, man, you just you, you try to live it up. And that's what we were living, man, back then. So that song right there is, is, is definitely real. <laughs> yes, wow. I feel it. Nice. Tom, what about you? Ah, I'm debating which one to go with, but I'm going to go with something off your Journey of a Gemini album just because I feel like that one is so underrated. Man, we love that album. Man, do you remember the song Spend the Night? I just... Man, the vibe of that song just hits me. I don't know what it is about it, but I love that song. Talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, spend the night, man. That's that's another one of those uh, one of those great records, man. Mike City produced it, uh, and we co-wrote it together. And um, on that record, man, I was all that was all me thinking about Michael Jackson, man, because I've always wanted to work with Michael Jackson. So mm. um, I wrote that song with with Mike in mind, and. I know I wouldn't be able to get it to him, so I said, I'm going to sing this just like I think Mike would do it, like an off-the-wall type of mic. And um, and the lyrics is basically, you know, like, yo, what's up, baby? You know, it's, it's, it's hot up in this joint. What are we going to do, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we, I'm going to make this a night you never forget. So it was just that type of vibe, but it was a little more street. And the track was banging, man. Mike City is like one of the dopest producers, man. And and uh, any time I got in the studio with him, man, it, it was just magic, man. With him, Eddie F, uh, Tim and Bob, I mean, like all of these guys that I that I actually had a chance to work with, uh, we we actually really created some magic, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't even get to mention the, uh, the 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 finer things of life, man. With Mike City. Now that is a oh that's man. another one man yep. and and that one that one that's all Mike Mike wrote and produced it yeah and when he 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 had me in mind when he wrote it and he sent me the track I was like yo this is fire so I just had to go in and and, and record that yep. thing, man like that's why I say Mike is Mike is one of the best producers in the game man I mean from his songwriting to his tracks his tracks don't sound like anything else out there. And they're very unique. It's really soul. It's really R&B. And, um, I mean, you know, hats off to Mike, man, because he, he did the I Wish joint for Carl Thomas, too. So uh, yeah. Mike, is, Mike is dope, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Dono, your impact and your influence on R&B is so strong. I mean, I, I there's actually a group of people that, you know, I'm not sure if he will acknowledge it, but I can hear a little bit of Donnell in the singer Neil's voice as well. But, Tom, the most... Uh, recent artist that we've heard that influence that Donnell uh, influences is Jacquees. <laughs> I, I would love to bring up Jacquees on this podcast because Donnell, you worked with him before the King of R&B and all that came up. Man, we were loving yeah, the song 23. We loved 23. We had in our, one of our best songs of the year, you know, and then we heard the song that you did with that called Who with him. And although you may not have written it, you could definitely hear the Donnell Jones influence on the song. So, 
I guess let's talk a bit about like working with that next generation and you know an artist like Jacques coming up. I mean, man, when I met, I, I didn't even know who Jacques was, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I had got a, um, I had got a call from his people, and uh, they was like, "Yo, this young guy, he wants to meet you, and uh, he wants you to hear his album." And then they was like, "Yo, uh, go check out his single." It's out right now, you know, because I don't really don't listen to the radio that much. They was like, he got a song called Bed. So when I went to, when I went to go listen to it, I was like, man, yeah, I like this. So uh, I went to the studio. I met him. He played in his album. I was like, yo, man, this album is, is incredible. It's dope. Uh, he was like, yo, but I, I, I want you to, like, do something for me. I'm like, well, I really don't know what I can add to it because it's already dope. So when I went home and I started thinking about it, um, I just started coming up with the track. And I started coming up with these melodies for 23. And um, when I played it for him over the phone, he was like, yo, that's exactly what I'm looking for, man. It's, mm. it, it, it sounds like your stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's that sound that I'm looking for. And um, got in the studio with him, man. We finished co-writing it together. And, and, the, and the rest is history, man. Like, I, I love working with the younger generation because not only does it keep my sound out there, but it's also... Um, it's giving them something to really talk about. Cause I know a lot of the stuff out today is more about cars and more about uh, who, who, how many chicks I can bang out. And I just wanted to give him a record that was more about, you know, something that's really going on. You know, like he's young, he's 23. He should, you know, he's not really looking for a female. I mean, you know, a, a long, a long-term relationship, you know, things of, of that nature. So I really just tried to give him something that, uh, that, that felt good. And that wasn't about sex and wasn't about, you know, how much money I got and all this, these other things. Right. Right. Now, Donnell, I got to admit, you actually, uh, or Jacquees actually got Ed really riled up because Ed's favorite artist is Keith Sweat. And, of course, with that whole TMZ video, Ed, lay it out for us. What happened there? Man, listen. Now, Donnell, you my dude. I've been rolling with yeah. you since 9-6. But my all-time favorite is the godfather, the OG of R&B, my man Keith. So and I got the TMZ video with Jacquees Wildin. I could not hold myself. I was like, what is going down? And then that sparked, of course, the gigantic Twitter debate about who is the king of R&B, what makes right. the king of R&B, where is R&B in 2018 at the time. So from your perspective, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who okay. do you think is the king? And should we even be having these convos? Because the thing that my man Keith said was like, in my day, you know, it, it was about the music. Nobody was trying to claim king. We just out here just trying to do good music. So what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts is, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest with you, man. Like, I never thought that anybody was the king except for, you know, like the king of pop, which is Michael Jackson, of course. Um and he's right. We never really had those conversations about the king of R&B. And to be honest with you, like, I, I never really thought that R. Kelly was the king of R&B. I, I just never thought that. I mean, oh, wow. if, to me, if anybody is the king of R&B, it would have to be Stevie Wonder, man, because Stevie Wonder yes. won 25 Grammys. I mean, he wrote all his songs are about true love. It's not about sex. It's about agape love. And, I mean, all his no, – nobody can recreate – the type of cool progressions that he did, like he, he is like the originator. Smokey Robinson is another one, man. Like, like mm. all we doing right now is following their blueprint. 
because these guys were first. But if anybody's the king, I'd have to say Stevie Wonder, man, because, I mean, listen to his body of work. Yeah. No question, man. No question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I got to give Jaquise some props here because he actually acknowledges the greats that have come before him, such as yourself, such as, you know, he gave Genuine a shout-out not too long ago, and we had Troy Taylor on the podcast, and I know they're working together. So, uh, Case as well. So are you working on Jaquise's next project, Dono? You know, at at this moment right now, man, I'm I'm actually really, really focusing on my own album. Um, I wanted to take some time away from, you know, doing stuff for other people just so I can really focus on myself and uh, and put something out there that, that, that people can really, really feel good about. And that that's where I'm at right now. But once I get my album done, I'm I'm going out like I'm I'm putting things on everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get my foot back out there as a as a songwriter as well. But right now, my focus is myself. I got to ask you now, because, you know, you know, R&B fans are always excited about a new Donnell Jones album. The last one, Forever, 2013. Tell us about this new album you're working on and what we can expect. Oh, man, it's going to be phenomenal, man. It's, it's, it's going to be about love. I'm not changing my style up. Um, what I am doing is 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 I'm going back to my, my roots, which is my hip-hop and R&B. Um, you know, I started off, that, that's how we started out. I'm definitely going to have a lot of up-tempo joints. Uh, my ballads are going to be crazy, you know, uh, crazy love joints. And I'm going to do a little bit of social uh, uh, social uh, conscious uh, stuff on this on this particular project, too. Just things that make us think, you know. So uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Well, gotcha. let me ask you this, because a lot of 90s artists, they're, they're kind of caught in the middle of, do I make a sound that's commercially viable for radio, or do I stick to you know what the sound I came up on? Like, where, where are you on, on on that, and how do you think about that when you go into making an album? I don't. I just do what 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 comes to me. You know, like I said, I feel like I'm an antenna, and and whatever whatever comes my way is what I'll do. Um, I'm de- I'm definitely not trying to chase what I did before, and I'm definitely not trying to do what they're doing today. I mean, it's just going to be whatever comes to my heart. It'll be a mixture of whatever God blesses me with, and uh, and, and and that's how I'll I'll go out there with. So, gotcha. So, Ed, I got to bring this up. I mean, we're going to talk about it separate, but I want to hear Donnell's input as well. Um, Ed, you've seen the video of LMA and Aretha Franklin, right? You know I have, and you know I have been as well over on the Soul and Stereo Cipher on Facebook. It's a heated discussion about the discussion about whether LMA, for those who missed it, um, LMA was presented with the opportunity to name three Aretha Franklin songs. Poor girl couldn't do it. So the conversation was, should she have been able to or shouldn't she have been able to? So, Donnell, before I let my boys weigh in, what do you think? Is it a mark against her for not knowing at least three tracks from a legend, or is it just kind of an antiquated thing right now? I I I think it's kind of ridiculous that it would even be discussed uh, because she's young, man. I mean, you know, she's not from that era. And, you know, maybe she probably should have did a little bit of homework to find out who uh, Aretha was. But I'm sure she didn't even know the question was going to be asked. And, I mean, maybe yeah. that's not who she listened to as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's not one of her influences. So, I mean, you can't put a strike against her. LMA is dope. She uh, Her album is incredible. She's added something to the R&B world. 
And, uh, you know, I just think it's kind of crazy that people would even, like, get on her about that. Because, I mean, of course, Aretha Franklin is is the queen of soul. But, I mean, we can't give, give a strike to LMA for not knowing any of her songs. Because, you know, I mean, there's some songs that I don't know from greats. So, I mean, it's that, that's nothing. Yeah, I guess in the idealistic world, we want our um, current R&B stars to, you know, follow that history and know who came before them and who paved the way. But that's not always the way it is, especially now because we see a lot of R&B artists being influenced by hip-hop artists. Since hip-hop is the bigger genre, they're influenced by that sound. And it's kind of a a different time for R&B. You know, previously, you mentioned Stevie Wonder earlier. You were obviously influenced by him. But nowadays, I mean... Would, would younger artists even know three Stevie Wonder songs? Who knows? I mean, it's a different time for music. It's about, <laughs> yeah. They probably wouldn't. And you know what? The, the younger artists today, they're mostly influenced by each other more than they would be influenced mm. by uh, right. older artists. Right. And yeah. it exactly makes sense. I mean, it's a different time for in the music industry, like we said. Let me ask you this, though, Donnell. Like, just going back to your, your new project, like I said, it's been it's been some time since your last album. And we talked to a lot of 90s R&B artists on this podcast and artists who came up from that era where albums used to come out every couple of years. They'd sell platinum, and it was like, you know, so much success. It's a different time. We, we see the music sales that are going on right now. It's kind of scary because people aren't supporting. People are streaming. For you as an artist, you know, how do you look at releasing new music? You know, like John B., for example, he hasn't put out an album in probably six, seven years. He's just focusing on touring because that's where the money is. How do you view that that portion of things? I mean, you know, I I would love for people to support the album. I mean, that, that that's our goal. Our goal now, I mean, these days now, we're putting out our albums ourselves. So that's that's the yeah. great thing about it. We don't have uh, the money that the, the, that the public spends on these albums now will come directly to us. So it's not like you're supporting something else. You're actually supporting the artist. That's why we definitely need the support from from our fan base. Um, but uh, uh, what, was, what was the question again? Because I got lost. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like, do you think it makes sense to release new music nowadays? Because you could just tour. I mean, you could just stay on the road, make a lot of money off touring. You don't have to, you know, put out an album because people aren't buying albums. That's, that's, the, you know, that's why a lot of artists aren't aren't doing it. So what makes you, you know, how do you view that? I mean, I, I view it as, and you're totally correct. I mean, I, we really don't have to put out another album because most of the time people want to hear the hits when, you, uh, when you're when you going on tour anyway. But, I mean, I do it. I can, I can speak for myself. I put out albums still because I, I love making music, man. I love the art of being right. in the studio and actually coming up with something brand new and then being able to go on stage and watch people react to it. So I mean, it's for me, it's just the art of making music and and uh and performing and and writing songs. I love that. So that's something I'll never stop. I mean, I'm hoping that you know people will go out and support and uh and, and buy these records and you know and not just download them for free. I mean, because uh, you know at the end of the day, man, we are sitting here for countless hours, you know, working on music. So I I really feel like you know we do deserve to be compensated for for what we do. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's often debated among fans. It's like a lot of artists who, not only just legacy artists, but artists who have a big catalog of hits, they're like, well, why do they even need to record? And I think one thing that's often missed is 
these artists that we love, at the end of the day, they're creators, and their outlet is creating music. So hits are come and go, and, you know, everybody wants a hit because everybody wants everything that comes along with the hit. But for a lot of these artists, and I'm sure you can relate, Donnell, this music is what they are, and they have to be able to create. So sometimes it's not always about making that next where I want to be, but it's just mm-hmm. expressing yourself in that time period where you are right now. So whenever an artist exactly. that I love comes out, I got to support. Exactly, man. I mean, uh, you hit it on the, on the nail, man. Like, if 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 you were to listen to all of my albums from the beginning to where I am now, you could hear the growth. You can hear exactly where I am in my life right now at that particular time. And for me, that's my therapy. That's, that's my way of, of talking about my life and talking about where I'm at. And uh, that's just how we are as artists, man. We, or songwriters or, you know, producers, we just, we just try to get out what's in our hearts. And Donnell, if I remember correctly, you have your own studio where you make your own music, right, at home? Yeah, that's correct. So what is that whole experience like? If you, you're a, this is a rarity. I mean, you produce, you write. You know, what is that like, you know, being in sole uh, control of creating everything that, that will people will hear? I mean, it, it feels good, man. I mean, when I when I first set out, when I was a young kid, you know, um, I always asked my mom to buy me a keyboard. And I think when I was 11 years old, she bought me a keyboard and she bought me one of those tape recorders that had the two decks on each side. And, uh, and I would record uh, my voice on one side, put the tape on the other side and sing on the, on that side and, and make harmony and keep switching tapes so I can make a song, you know, and, and to be able to, to have this equipment in my house, you know, and, and make records, you know, professionally. I mean, it's, it's amazing, man. I mean, and that's what I love. I love the fact that I can get up out of my bed and I have an idea in my head and go right to my studio and make something rather than me having to get up and, and go somewhere to, to make music. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome that I can do that. And, uh, and and I appreciate where, where technology is now that I can do it at, a, at, a, at an affordable cost. Absolutely. Nice. So, Donnell, before we wrap things up, I know you're running short on time here, but this is a question we ask every guest that's rolled through the podcast. It's kind of an interesting question, but I'm just going to throw it out there because Ed's favorite artist is Keith Sweat, as you know. Uh, Tom's favorite artist is Music Soul Child. So if you were to choose between the two of them, someone to listen to, who would you go with, Keith Sweat or Music Soul Child? Oh, come on, man. Why you want to do that, man? <laughs> I love them both. <laughs> I love them both, man. Keith, well, Keith Sweat is the OG, man. You know, when yeah. Keith Sweat came out with that Make It Last Forever album, man, I mean, man, he had the streets. He had the ladies. He had, I mean... Keith, undeniably, man, is, is is one of the greatest artists, man, because, like I said, man, like, there was a time where there was nobody else but Keith. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really had it. He was the, the king at that time. You know, so um, you got to give it up to Keith. And I got to give it up to Music Soul Child, too, man, because, I mean, you know, he made some incredible records. Love, I mean, like, I can't, I can't choose, man. I really can't <laughs> choose because... <laughs> I mean, they're both incredible in their own right, man. And these are my brothers, man. Like, we we don't battle each other, man. We, we we give it up to each other. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't like one over the other, you know, but, but Keith is a legend, man, for sure. And the music soul child is too. <laughs> Love it. I'll take it. I'll take 
All right, Donnell, before we say goodbye, is there anything you'd like to, uh, you know, say to the fans or anyone listening? Look, man, I appreciate y'all for rocking with me all these years. Man, if y'all want to look me up, you can hit me on uh, Twitter.com, that's DonnellJones96, and uh, my Instagram is DonnellJonesForever, and that's uh, D-O-N-E-L-L-J-O-N-E-S, <laughs> forever. <laughs> okay? That's good, man. That- Thank you so much, Donna, for joining us, man. It's been an honor to have you here speaking with us. And, man, we you got our support for life, man. Just keep, you know, come with it. We, we love what you're doing, man. Appreciate keep it. Keep it going. Thanks, man. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Uh, all right. Take care, man. Peace, y'all. And, guys, that was Donnell Jones on the podcast. Shout-outs to Donnell. He gave Jaquise some love. He gave us some love. Everything's good in this world. Yeah, man, pure class right there. R&B royalty. He came through, had some great insight. Again, one of the architects of one of my favorite eras of R&B, the late, the mid-90s going into the late 90s. Like, that is really where I feel like I truly, I had, I was already in love with the genre. Right there is when it became official. It's like went going from engagement to marriage. And he was really part of that sound for me. So it was very good to sit back and listen to him just kind of spit knowledge on his genre and he, of choice. And he broke a couple of pieces of news there that he's working on a new album, which I'm excited about, and I'm sure you guys are too, and that the song he did with John B. is for John B.'s album. So that's another yeah. album we can expect. So that's both of those are exciting because we haven't had an album from either of those in many years. So that's dope. Yep. And it's good to know that he acknowledges that people call him Darnell instead of Darnell. So it's no surprise that to him, That was amazing. Guys. I that think that might hilarious. have been the highlight. <laughs> I hadn't heard Donald before, though. Hearing Donald, that one was hilarious. Donald, Donald Jones. Jones. Okay. What? Donald Jones, we love you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, guys, are we ready for the Play It Please Awards? Um, LMA. Uh, she, this was actually a couple weeks ago, but she was at the Grammys. She won R&B Song of the Year. Shout out to Ella. I know we didn't talk about the Grammys too much, but... Got to give a shout-out to LMA. Got to give a shout-out to PJ Morton, uh, her, and I guess the Carters for some unknown reason. But oh. LMA, was, <laughs> LMA was interviewed with, with uh, DJ Mustard as well as... Uh, well, it was them two being interviewed by one of the Grammy peoples. And the Grammy people asked her, name three Aretha Franklin songs. Name the three that you love. And Ella named one. And then she said, oh, wow, three? And that created a huge uproar on social media, probably probably because of us as well, because we posted it. But, guys, should LMA know three Aretha Franklin songs? Now, player, I know that um, we just had Donnell weigh in a little bit on it and his thoughts on it. I, I mean, I get where he's going, and I don't disagree, but here's my thoughts. I don't think that, first of all, it is unfair as a reporter. Not just some weirdo on a red carpet, like a, from a, a real reporter. That's who you're talking to. It was an unfair question because you don't ambush somebody like that. That's unprofessional. So I could have rolled up on it and been like, name 17 Chingy songs. Like, why? What's, you're just trying to put somebody on the spot. However, here's my thing. I know that she's young. I was young. I was once young. Even though I probably came out of the womb fussing like I was 70. I was once young. However, if this is your chosen profession, to know three songs of arguably the greatest artists of all time is not an unreasonable task. 
I mean, respect, natural woman, a rose is still a rose if you want to get more recent, daydreaming. Come on, y'all. Like, this, this ain't hard. But I think it just goes to show, unfortunately, that to me it shows we're losing a little bit of our history. Because I guarantee you there would be an artist from the early 2000s that could name three Stevie Wonder songs. Because that showed that R&B's history was still impacting their music. In 2019, the ground, the groundbreakers, the trendsetters, the legends who paved the way from us, we're forgetting about them. Instead, we're looking to the almighty wisdom of the Drakes of the world. And I think that that does R&B a disservice. So while I think the, the question was a little bit of an ambush and was a little bit unfair, it does show that we are losing what made R&B R&B. I don't want... In 15 years, people are like, who is Stevie Wonder? Because that, I feel like, is the path we're going on. So, yeah, she should have known three songs. Sorry. All I know is, the next time I interview someone, especially a younger artist, I'm going to be like, all right, name all five members of High Five, or else you don't love oh, R&B. I can name one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and then the last play of Please. I'm scared about this one. But, Tom, let me ask you a question here before we get started. Okay. You work. You work hard. You earn a salary. What do you do when you're not satisfied oh. with your salary? Oh, my God. I just keep working because there's not much I can do about it. Or look for a new job that pays more. <laughs> Mm. Tom, I mean, Ed, what would you do? If I'm not satisfied with my salary, I may have a conversation with my superior, lay out the reasons why I deserve more money. Or what I could do is get two of my friends from my podcast to suit up, roll up on a brother, <laughs> and then claim to be the gay Tupac. But I don't know. Oh. One of the oh, two man. I would do. Well, guys, we always talk about our boy, Jussie Smollett. Is he our boy? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. Well, on previous episodes, we talked about how come he hasn't made it into R&B. He's, you know, he's on a hit TV show, has a lot of buzz for, uh, going for him, but it just never panned out. So, to go from that conversation to this, guys, I think, you know, just like the R. Kelly thing, there's no way he can recover from this, right? Right? <sighs> okay, player. Before I begin, y'all know the drill. Send your hate mail to E.T. Bowser on Twitter. Again, a point of clarity before I get on my rant. The news of this bizarre case is like literally... I'm sure there's been new news posted since we've been recording this because it seems like every three hours there's some new news to drop. So by the time you're hearing this in your ears, once this premieres live, who knows what has happened? I mean, for all we know, Terrence Howard is like gone to jail for shooting somebody. Who knows? Because the story is insane. However, two points and then I'm going to be done. I'm going to take my seat like an old Baptist minister. Number one, I think the most important thing that this has taught everybody in this ridiculous saga is to please wait, going back to what I said about Kelly, 
Y'all, we got to wait until the facts drop until we start spouting off and yelling at people for not supporting people. And you got some blogs and some think pieces that I've read, and I'm not going to name them because y'all going to get mad, who were screaming because you men aren't defending him and you're part of the problem. And then all of a sudden we find out that he may have made the whole thing up. And we are so busy trying to shame each other in the name of our causes that we miss out on what was supposed to be this man's apparent story of abuse. We should have been supporting him, not attacking each other. Then the facts come out, and it is what it is. Now, again, when we started recording, the last thing I heard was that even though we heard last a couple days ago that he and his boys from Empire were hired with some $3,500 check to beat the crap out of him, now the story is, no, he wasn't. That check was for them to help him get abs for some music video that he was hired, that he was working on. So who the heck knows what's going on? But the point is, y'all, we got to let these facts lay out. We got to let the story be told. And just take five minutes from slandering each other on the social media until we get the actual truth. Because who knows? Nobody knows what the real is until the facts get there. Everybody chill out. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. So we'll see what happens as this saga continues. But Ed, I think that's it for this week. I mean, what's going on with Soul in Stereo? I mean, you, you do a lot. Where are the love, love letters? I need to see another love letter. Oh, player, we've got more love letters on the way. I think we should have a new one posted up by the time this posts. As well as, and this one has been a labor of love, dog. I have ranked the discography of Babyface. So when we were having those conversations a few months back, when we were talking about Donnell, those conversations about who should be the king of R&B, there were a lot of Babyface supporters that came out that said, Babyface is the king of R&B. Now, we're talking songwriting? True. When it comes to categories of music, he's certainly up there. He wouldn't be my pick, but he's up there. So I went through all seven albums or so, however many he has, and ranked them from top to bottom. Check out soulandstereo.com. It was tough because his albums are all so good, it's hard to kind of de designate which one is better than the other. So go see where your favorite one landed. Fair enough. And as far as you know, I got soul. I'm not sure what's going on right now. I think Tom just dropped out to like grill his chicken or bake it or something, so... We gotta find out from him what's going on, but he gotta <laughs> um, he's gotta feed his baby. You're right, you're right. We gotta ask him how it's like changing diapers, but <laughs> we'll we'll do that when he's back. Uh, but Ed, until next time, I mean, I want to first off thank Donnell Jones for joining us. That was a long time coming, and Ed, yes. we got more coming. We got we got more coming. I I kind of hinted towards it last week, but uh, I'm just gonna say it now. We got Montel Jordan joining us on the podcast. I'm not sure if it's next week or the following week, but we're gonna have the six foot eight man himself on it. Man, six foot eight he stood, and I can't wait to hear him. He is one of, in my opinion, the most underrated artists of the '90s. Stop calling this man a one hit wonder. He's got more hits than your fave, I promise you. And we'll talk about yep. that. And I think we got Tim Kelly, that's who's gonna be coming up soon, and maybe even Deron Jones to talk about his new new album. That's why we haven't talked about it yet because we're waiting on him too. So Deron. If you're listening, come join us. But, Ed, I guess that's it for this week. Yeah, that's it. I'll Just All make right. me one promise, player. If you need a raise, don't get your boys to mask up. <laughs> All right, I will not do that. But that's it for this week, guys. Have a good week.
All right.